Well, hey, Lori, how are you? Good morning, Lynette. I'm great. Nice to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, listen, Lori, I am really excited to have you on the show today. Uh, you are a dating coach and dating profile writer. Uh, we had met on actually just through Instagram. I had I I was listening to somebody's podcast. They were interviewing you for for the, for their podcast. And I thought, oh my God, I love this woman. I'm going to go in and I'm going to follow her on Instagram. And then we connected through sort of a direct message. And then the next thing you know, we're having chat and now we're here today recording. So I'm super excited to have you. Um, you've got a great story and, and a really wonderful uh, pivot to your story during COVID. So I want you to, to talk a little bit about that. But first of all, Lori, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, give us a little bit of background, uh, where, you, where, where you're from, how you got into sort of the dating coach scene uh, in the first place, uh, and then we'll go from there from, from there right after. Thank you. Thank you, Lynette. So um, also to let you know, there's always a, a black standard poodle next to me. And so that's why this hand is always going. <laughs> he doesn't leave me. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's cute. Uh, and there's also a fly buzzing around this morning, so he may okay. us. He may have something to say about dating as well. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, so, hello, Lynette. Thank you for having me on. I, I'm honored. Thank you. Uh, my name is Lori Mendelson, and my expertise is as a dating coach. I primarily focus on men and women over the age of 50 who have been in long-term relationships who have gone through divorce and who find themselves in this wild new world of dating, especially online dating. It's a whole new gig, um, very different than when we were in our 20s and our 30s. And I also write uh, online dating app profiles for people. So they stand out amongst the crowd. I also help them choose beautiful photos for themselves. And I also do matchmaking. If I have a client who um, is compatible with people who I know, I have a very high standard and bar. I don't just take clients just because. I take clients who I know I can help and who I know I can introduce to people who I may already know. So that's what I do right now, yeah. Um, Prior to this, I had a very successful career as a fashion designer, fashion director, um, all, all levels of fashion from the age of 19 when I graduated college all the way up to my mid-50s. And um, that ended after 33 years. And I started a dog walking business because it was in 2008 and jobs were just nowhere to be had. And I grew this dog walking and pet sitting business into the largest and highest awarded in the state of Wisconsin with 30 wonderful employees and about 4,500 amazing clients. So I sold that in 2018, right after I got divorced. And then I um, took a year off and I focused on getting my life back in order, working through some of the challenges that I've had all along the way. And started doing what I had been doing since the age of 19, which is matchmaking. So there, there you have it. Okay. I did not know that part of the story that oh. you've been doing matchmaking since the age of 19. So what, yeah. what was it? Was it just you hanging out with all your girlfriends going, hey, you were, you were the best wing women of the world or what? 
<laughs> no, no, because you know what, Lynette, I, I never go to bars. I, I don't drink and I feel very uncomfortable at bars. So um, I, I would meet people, you know, I'm very social. And I'd say, hey, you know, I, I know this man. I know this woman. How about I introduce you? And so I have now 18 couples that I've introduced who have gotten married, who have had children, grand, now they have grandkids, etc. Um, and it, it just came naturally. So I thought, okay, I'm good at this, clearly. Why don't I do it as a business? Because I, I, I use my intuition um, and just like this gut feeling of, of two people who should be together. Awesome. So let's go back to the early career first before we dig deeper into um, the, the dating and the coaching. And, and just for everybody listening, we're going to do a two-part series. This, this episode is going to be focused a lot around what does it look like to get ready to start dating. So you focus on women and men uh, that are in midlife. So, you know, whatever, whatever constitutes midlife these days, but typically <laughs> over 40, 50 yeah. and 60. Um, and then our second episode, we will get into like what happens after you hit that start button kind of thing. So, but early career, you had the dog walking business, you grew it to, you know, over 50 employees, then you sold it. And then what was it that that caused you to sell your business? And just tell me a little bit more. And and when you sold the business, and why didn't you pick? I think you started over because um, your relationship had broken up, so you sold the business. Why didn't you just start another dog walking business? Well, what what had happened, Lynette, was um, this business was part of the reason of my divorce. Um, those who are listening, who are entrepreneurs, know the dedication and the time that needs to go into starting and growing and running a business, and especially a service-based business that runs 24-7. So even though I had managers, I was still the one, the fallback girl. You know, I was the one that if the phone rang at two in the morning and, <laughs> and this actually happened, a client was locked out and we had to go let them in, um, it, it just, it was depleting me. And with that many clients, customers, and employees, it just, it was all consuming. And it was at the point that I just, I needed a break. I needed a break. And, and you know, as in the stock market, the tip is always buy low, sell high. I, I didn't buy it. I built it. And I, and this was, I was at the top of my sales. And I thought, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it when everything is high and when we've got all these amazing awards and Google and Yelp reviews. And, it, it, you know, it, it just was the time to sell it. Although now, in retrospect, what I wish I would have done was change the business model to be what worked for me. We only operate from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. We are not on call 24 hours a day. Um, I wish that that had happened. However, during COVID, and now with everyone working remotely or hybridly, the dog walking business has just taken a real downturn because people are working at home and they don't need for a pet sitter or a dog walker to come in. So it actually was a, a perfect time for me to sell. Um, and then I just, I needed, I needed to mourn my divorce. I needed to mourn my relationship and I kind of needed to mourn the sales of my business as well because that was, Absolutely. that defined me, you know, it, it was Lori Mendelson, Wisconsin Pet Care. It wasn't Lori Mendelson. It was Lori Mendelson, Wisconsin Pet Care. It was like a married name, you know? <laughs> okay. 
let's talk about this because the identity that we create as women um, over the years, we create this identity and that's really truly not us. A lot of the time we are, but our identity in our twenties, thirties, forties, and probably even into our fifties, we become, we are this mother. We are, mm-hmm. you know, we are our careers. We are, you know, our spouse's career or our spouse's person. Uh, our kids, and we really don't have this sort of identity for ourselves. And mm-hmm. I say that even in my world, um, when I pivoted out of being a full-time mom hustler, as I call it, it uh, really, I over the past year and a half, I've really started to look at changing the identity of who I am mm-hmm. and always hustling for other people is no longer that. It's now I'm hustling for me and it feels amazing. So tell me, what was the process that you went through? You said you needed to kind of mourn the little business, the, the business. So how did you, what, like, how did you heal? How did you know you were healing? And what, what is it that you truly did to help you find your purpose, which is now this dating coaching and profile writing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great question. I'll, I'll start with the, with the mourning because it really was in tandem, Lynette, with the end of my marriage. So, um, I, I was at the point where um, I could not get out of bed in the morning had I not had my dogs. I had three standard poodles at the time. Um, I'm now down to two. But had I not had these dogs, I wouldn't have gotten out of bed. I was, um, I was so broken from the end of the marriage. And, and I won't go into what happened because it really isn't necessary. But let's just say that um, my part in it was I worked 24 hours a day. And I can imagine that my former husband felt replaced, you know? Um, and I needed to step back and look at how I contributed to the, to the demise of the marriage, as well as needing the space and time to, to honor what I had built and honor what my team had done, but not be actively involved in it anymore. To know that, okay, now, you know what, I've done this. I achieved a certain amount of success, certainly financial success. I just needed space and I needed time and I needed to, I'm going to say, cool my jets. And I really needed to go inward. And the way that I did it was through therapy. I, my therapist, I wasn't. I wasn't suicidal by any means, but I was, I was pretty far down there. I was, I was at the bottom. I, I call it, I was swimming through mud. I couldn't get out of my own way. I couldn't see straight. I would, I, I live along the shores of Lake Michigan. I pretty much spent a year looking for sea glass. You know, I was, I was just walking with my head down, looking for beach glass. And, and that was about all I could do. So I was very broken. Yeah. So you were really going through a process of like, so yes, your, your marriage had ended. Uh, there was probably a pile of guilt associated with that. That's what I'm hearing when I listen to you. Yeah. Um, and mom guilt, women guilt, we're, we're always carrying it. And it's something that is sort of like, how do we get rid of it? Like, how do we let go of that guilt? Yeah. Um, what did you, how did you, like, how did you pull yourself out of it to become just Lori? Not Lori, the dating coach, not Lori, the dog walker, owner, entrepreneur, hustler, all that kind of stuff. What, 
what were the two, give me two or three things that you really focused on other than, you know, collecting beach glass along <laughs> For, for a year, <laughs> although that probably was quite therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it got a little monotonous after a while. You know, what am I going to do today? I'm going to go look for beach glass. Um, now, now that I'm moving, I'm like, what am I going to do with all this beach glass that I found? But, but what I did was in therapy, I realized, I realized that it was the end of an era, and with any end, there is also the opportunity for a new beginning, and there's the opportunity to reinvent yourself and and rebrand yourself and become the next part, the next portion, the next chapter of your life. So what I started doing was thinking, okay, really didn't need money at the time. I had money from the sales of the business. What do I really want to do? What will bring me joy? What will bring me happiness? How can I serve others? What am I really good at intuitively? And that's what I started doing. Um, I took a fun part-time job um, demoing pet food, you know, for a while. I was hustling, you know, selling pet food. And, and I realized I just needed to start being around people again. Um, and, and, and that helped is just getting out of my own way, getting out of my house. Um, and I started doing the business. And, and like the first week, I started doing Smart Funny Single my my love business, I'll call it. I got two clients. I got two male clients who were just giving me cash. I need you to help me. And I realized, okay, the universe is pointing me in this way that I really need to go. But how did I get out of it? I made a very conscious effort, Lynette, to just say, you know what, Lori, you have to move on. You gotta you gotta get out of your own way. And and I am a hustler, I'm scrappy, I'm tenacious. I make, I make things out of nothing, and this isn't who I was. This wasn't the Lori who was showing up. And I said, enough of this pity party already. You have to get moving. So that's... Oh, I, I love it. I love it. And, you know, when I think about, you know, everything you just said there about finding your purpose, and it's a great segue into, you know, our first topic for this this episode, which is going to be all about getting ready to date again. And it's yeah. not just all right, I'm going to take a really good couple of sexy profile pics and write a profile and get on every single dating app because trust me, I've tried it and it doesn't work. <laughs> um, I think cause under, under, underneath it, you're just not ready. So yes. how did you find your purpose? Like when people say that, I mean, it's part of my program on Core Life Academy, but I'm always where I take women through. That's the first thing we talk about is like, what is your purpose? And let's set a vision for yourself and beyond just a vision board. Mm -hmm. But I'm always curious to hear how people have taken that process of finding their purpose and, and what brings them joy. I mean, sure, those are easy. That's easy to say, but how do you really know? Mm -hmm. what did you do how did you know that smart single funny was the right direction for you I didn't Lynette I didn't I figured you know it's kind of like you know the saying you throw spaghetti against the wall and if it sticks you try it I I had done a, a very short business in the meantime between selling the dog walking business and starting smart funny single I started um, becoming, I was a men's stylist. 
Um, that was an epic fail. And, and I think the reason was, number one, I wasn't connected to the right man. And number two, I live in Wisconsin and nothing against Wisconsinites, but boy, Wisconsinites love their Packer gear. And, and a guy, a guy feels, a guy here feels dressed up wearing a Packers jersey. And <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Like, let's just have a little chuckle here right now about this. Because if I'm laughing over top of you talking, my, my podcast editor is going to go, what the hell, Lynette? So, okay, that, that is really quite funny. Okay, so back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do the research clearly. I just thought, well, men want to look great. I can help them. I'm, you know, I was a fashion designer in menswear. Why wouldn't this be a great fit for me? Well, you know, you need to know your clientele and if that's something that they really want. So, you know, word to those who are starting a business, do your research to make sure it's actually viable. But, but I, I have um, an intuitive sense of knowing what is going to work aside from menswear styling in, in Wisconsin. I knew I was going to be a fashion designer when I was six years old. I knew it. It, it was like, it, it wasn't even like, Oh, if it was when, and then when I started my dog walking business, I'm walking the dogs and I saw this vision. I didn't need to create a board. It was all here. I saw myself winning awards. I saw all these clients. I saw it blowing up. I just saw it. And then when I started doing Smart Funny Single and these clients just were coming in, coming in, coming in, it's like, okay, this is what's meant for me. So it wasn't, for me, it wasn't saying, okay, I'm going to manifest. It was already there. I just needed to grab it. Yeah. Yeah, I see things. You know, Lynette, I don't want to sound like a complete cuckoo bird, but, you know, I see, <laughs> I see things. It, you know what, though, like, let's just talk about that for a second, because we do yeah. talk, there is so much about if you just, you know, the whole thing about being present and just being is mm -hmm. about going in and really sort of drawing on that intuition on that gut feeling and everybody yeah. has it, we just mm -hmm. choose to ignore it. The second thing is, you just saw it, you could see it. And I think that is that where everybody talks about visualization and manifesting and putting it on a vision board and all that kind of stuff. That is, and, and you said you didn't need to do that because you just knew from, yeah. from the moment you were six, you knew you were going to be in the fashion design business, got into it, and then moved into the dog walking business, did the same thing. Your gut led you down this path and, and, you know, one of a common theme that's coming from a lot of my podcasts is get on the path because then the rest just starts presenting itself. And that could be the, the gut feeling of, okay, this isn't the right path. So I got to get off of it, which you did with the, the men's uh, styling. Um, but then there's also this other piece where you are down the path and things just start showing up and yeah. It's, it's that sort of going in flow and it feels, it feels easy. I don't feel like I'm trying to climb this Mount Everest without having trained one single day for it. So yeah. well done. Well done. Okay. So you, 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 you hang up to the, the men's stylist um, in Wisconsin gig and now you are about to start this online coaching or pardon me, dating coaching, uh, online profile writing. 
um, matchmaking. So tell me a little bit about that. What, what made you, what, what was the left turn or the right turn that got you going in that direction? Well, it, it was, it was clearly, it was, it, it was being at, at a networking event and, um, and I had mentioned to a couple of, 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 uh, cohorts, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of starting this business. And then they started coming up to, oh, I know someone. I know someone who needs your help, Lori. Okay, here it comes. Like the universe is just going, okay, here it comes. You get ready for it. So I met with those people. They hired me right away. And um, I started doing matchmaking. I didn't do coaching yet. I didn't do online profile writing yet because I didn't need to. And it was way before the pandemic. It was in 19. So, you know. There wasn't a need for going online or doing anything online. We could meet in person. And then you know what happened. And and the clients that I had, I was able to help them and I was able to match them before the pandemic happened. But in February of 2020, I had three brand new clients, three doctors actually, who said, Laura, here, I want you to help me. We got shut down, had to refund their money because, you know, no one could go out on dates. And um, they really didn't want to pay my fee of, you know, what I charge to do Zoom calls. And I don't blame them. You know, I really didn't blame them. And I couldn't go out and scout and I couldn't go out and meet people. And I said, well, OK, I'm going to have to switch, you know, my gears a little bit here. And I started with dating coaching, putting on a couple of classes. And, um, you know, that was slow going. I'm not going to say it wasn't slow going. I actually took a part-time job as a business coach for about a year and a half because I needed the income. I need to put food on my table and put a roof over my head. So I did that. And then as things started, you know, slipping a little bit, then I started again with matchmaking and I realized that I'm really good at writing dating app profiles. So that's what I did. And I started offering that. So that's pretty much how I got started in it. Um. So, okay, so now you've got, um, how did you come up with the name? It, it, it's, it's Smart Funny Single. Smartfunnysingle.com, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And yeah. so how, first of all, how did you come up with the name? It's what everybody wants. You know, I was asking everyone, what are you looking for in a person? Well, they've got to be smart. They've got to be funny. And single's a no-brainer. We're not dating married people. So it was Smart Funny Single. Okay, That's I it. love it. Super That's simple. simple. <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes we think, oh my God, things have to be so complicated. It's just yeah. like, go with a name. You know, we put so much time and effort into all the little minor details. And I think that's what get it, gets us caught up. And then you get stuck and procrastination starts to kick in and this perfectionism and it just get it out there. I'm, I'm sure you've probably been told, oh, don't like the name you should change it to something easier or something more the whatever but yeah, yeah like stick to it just get on get moving get get trying and and that you you talk a little bit about that like sort of throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks kind of thing yeah. so okay so let's use me as an example all right i'm okay. single i i i'm i have sort of dabbled in the the online dating aspect of things but it's never really worked for me. And, and especially now, because obviously I'm traveling, I've been traveling for a little over a year and a half. Um, I really haven't settled down in a location yet. 
But sometimes I think, oh, well, maybe I'll go on to like Bumble or something like that and see if I, you know, go out on a couple of dates. But then I'm like, ah, and, or I do and I've got, I go out and then I meet somebody and I'm like, oh, okay, no, yeah, no, I'm out. I, and I don't want to do this anymore. So what would you say to somebody like me when, if I reached out to you and said, okay, Laurie, I am ready to get, okay, I'm ready. Okay, rolling up my sleeves. I'm ready now to get back into the dating game. Where do I start? So the first place that you would start is with a dating coach to really um, determine what your goals are. What is it that you're looking for? Are you looking to meet someone to form a relationship? Or are you looking to just hook up with someone? Are you looking for companionship? What is it that you're ideally seeking? And so once you determine what it is that you're looking for, then, you know, we as dating coaches can hone in on the best way to guide you. You know, either it be if you're just looking for a hookup girlfriend, just get on Tinder. <laughs> you know, that's what I would say. Just get on Tinder and have yourself a ball. If you're looking for something, you know, more, more long lasting or permanent, it would be I would recommend another dating site for you. So the, the first thing is goal setting, you know, what it is that you want. Then we would take inventory on your past relationships, really starting even with what is, what was the prototype of your parents? How did they love each other? How did they show relationship to you? What is it that was modeled for you? What did your early dating life look like? What about your marriage? Your, for, you know, I know that you've been married once, Lynette. You know, what are, what are patterns that keep happening over and over and over again? What are your blocks? What are your fears? What are your barriers? What what are you creating to get in the way of you finding love? And um, either I can recommend working with a therapist or we could continue working, you know, as a dating coach. I'm not a therapist. I don't say that I am. Some things are much more deeply ingrained that need to be worked out with a professional therapist. But it would be to discover what, what the common denominator is, which is you, and what your fear is and what is stopping you from finding that. And then once that's worked on, then start building a profile when you have your, you know, your sea legs and your confidence and you've worked out what it is that has been blocking you. And then a dating profile would be created. Maybe we would get great pictures done of you, hire a professional photographer and a stylist. You don't have to wear a Green Bay Packers sweatshirt. Um, and then, <laughs> then there you go. You know. And then I also teach people how to date, how to talk to people online. What are the conversations that you should be having? What are the conversations you shouldn't be having? How to date safely? What to do? What not to do? How much to say? What not to say? So that's all the stuff that I teach people. I love that. So what do you consider healthy, like a healthy long-term relationship? Mm -hmm. I, for, for me, I'll just speak for me. It is a collaboration of two people. It's, it's, it is not competition. It is two people who are deeply in love, who are deeply supportive of each other, who have a common goal, which is to have the relationship bud, flourish, grow, and, and morph into bigger and better things. They are their own best friends. Uh, they are their best allies. They hold each other accountable when things, you know, go the wrong way. 
Um, they find deep intimacy, whatever that looks like for them. They support each other emotionally, physically, maybe even financially. And they have great, great communication. And the problem with online dating is people want like that. You know, I always say it's not like shopping at Amazon. You don't pick a man, add him to your car. You don't pick a woman. It takes time to grow and you need to build a foundation first. That's really, really important. And that's what's missing in these online dating apps is people expect relationships after a third date and that just doesn't happen. Right. And so when you say that, when you, when you talk like, so what should I be doing and not doing so that, you know, the, the, like my past of going into like on these online dating apps and stuff like that. And, oh, and, and it kind of peters out. And, and really, even when I'm on those apps, sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, there's just way too much texting back and forth before we even get out on a date. So I, I, I subconsciously I've started to think, well, maybe these guys are like just addicted to the online dating game. And maybe that could, that's happening as well. And, and maybe that's something we can part to talk about in our episode, mm-hmm. in our next episode. But like, mm-hmm. what, what, I think for me, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, in my fifties, I'm, you know, I'm not like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say, I mean, I don't have any baggage, but I'm just thinking like, there's probably a lot, you know, a lot of women could think, well, I've got too much baggage or, uh, you know, what, what are sort of the things that I should be doing and not doing to kind of get ready to even be in the dating game? And you, you, you mentioned the therapist, but yeah. Get more specific, like what, how will I be successful in the dating game? Mm-hmm. Oh my like God. Yeah. I shouldn't even call that it a game really. That could be episode three here. <laughs> no, um, so let me just give you a broad restroom. I think the thing that has worked for me is I am open and I'm curious. Now I used to lead with judge these these limited beliefs, these judgments that, no, nope, can't date him. He doesn't have a doctorate. He doesn't have a grad degree. He's not Jewish. He's not this, that, and the other thing. And just throw that out the window. Be curious. Be open. Be curious. Be, be inquisitive where you want to learn about the person and see if, if you, if that person is interested in learning about you as well, you know, to me, it has to be a 50-50 give and take when you're either texting or you're talking on the phone. It can't be a one-way conversation. And the, the best way, the thing that really works for my clients is, is if you start texting someone, you get off the app really quickly. You say, hey, you know what? We've texted a few times. Let's have a phone conversation. If you like each other on the phone conversation, then you do either a Zoom call or you do a FaceTime. And you see if that person, excuse me, my nose is itching. If you see if that person is actually the person who's behind the screen and you don't also get these grandiose Disney-esque ideas that this man or this woman is your knight in shining armor or your princess with the glass slipper because you don't know this person yet. You know, again, it takes time to get to know them. So don't have preconceived notions. Do not set expectations that are unrealistic because the only place you can go with high expectations is downhill. And also be communicative. 
I like when you say this. I like when we do this. I'd love to hear more about you. I want, would like for you to paint a picture of what you want your life to look like. Whenever I use that line, guys are like, oh my God, no one's ever asked me that before. That's really cool. You know, I want to hear, I want them to expand what they want their life to look like. I'd like to see if what I'm looking for aligns with that, you know? And you don't have it by having conversations about favorite foods or favorite bands. That stuff's really unimportant, you know? So I, I like that. And and it sort of makes me think about the list, you know? And you yeah. and I talked about this when we yeah. were in our pre-call here about creating this list. Like everybody yeah. says, well, do you even know what you're looking for? And so I think I was listening to some podcasts or something and some woman said, oh, I made this list. And like, you know, six months later or whatever, there he was right there in front of me. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe I should make a list. And, I, and so tell me look, the list. For me, I made the list because it was like, I wasn't really clear actually what I was looking for in a partner yeah. and what was mm -hmm. important to me. And like, so I made the list. And then, you know, you start with all of the, the physical features and all those sort of more shallow things. But what do you think about making a list? I hate lists. <laughs> I mean, Linda, I hate okay. lists. I hate them. Right. I hate right. them because we could have a perfectly wonderful partner sitting in front of us. And if we are following this list, we're going to, you know, we're going to say, Matt, you know what? He isn't two inches taller than I am. Well, does that really yeah. matter? You know, to me, there are there are lists of things that are really important. Number one, your core values. Do you align? Is this person a person of quality, consistency, dependability, honor? Do they speak about you with in high regard when you're not in the room? Do they speak highly of you when you're not around? Do they have your back? Will they be there for you? You know, will they take you as we age? Will they take you to doctor's offices and surgeries and pick up soup when you're sick? That's what I want. You know, I yeah. want someone who is going to be there consistently for me, who makes me laugh, and who is a man of honor. Um, you know, I also really believe that lifestyle is important. For, this is for me. You know, I'm quite active. I don't want a guy who's in his lazy boy all day. So do you have similar lifestyle? Do you have a similar view of the world? Do you want to travel? What do you want the rest of your life to look like rather than he's not 6'2", he doesn't have a lot of hair, he doesn't have an undergrad degree. Those things, you know what? Yeah, they're nice, but they're not deal breakers to me. Deal breaker is line cheating, all of those bad things. Those are deal breakers. Okay, so the list. Yeah. It's lean it more towards the values. I mean, you're, you're, what you're saying is you're not, what you're saying is being realistic about the list, not necessarily don't have a list, but is that person, what are your values? What's important to you? How do you want this person to treat you and make you feel? And, and, and that is amazing. I love all of that. Yeah. What about the psychology piece of me now where I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm in my fifties now. And it's like, maybe I'm too old to be dating or, 
you know, I don't look the same way as I did when I was in my early 20s. And oh, aren't, doesn't every man just want to have an older man? Don't they want the younger model? Let's talk about that. Nope. I know, I know, I know. Nope, no. <laughs> okay. So yes, there are men who want women who are 20, 30 years younger. Yeah. There are women who want men 20 or 30 years younger. But what I find is the majority of men want and, and men and women want someone who is close to their age because of the social experiences that they've been through. They realize that they are not that we don't have those rocking bodies that we used to have, you know, in our 20s. We realize that we have flaws. We realize that we have challenges. You know, we may have some health issues. People want people who are relatable. Now, if someone wants to go for someone who is really that much younger, to me, okay, that's great. There may be a deficit in their psychology that they need to feel that, hey, you know, I'm still, I can still rock it. You know, I can still get this hot woman or this hot guy. That's great. But the majority that I find is the men want to date very close to their own age, up or down five years. You know, that was something for me that I used to think, oh, God, I can't date someone five years younger. It's too young for me. Well, I'm pretty young in spirit for 66. So why wouldn't I date someone younger? Just like why wouldn't I date someone older if he has a youthful, energetic spirit? You know, Lynette, please, that there's no one, you know, that that, that people don't want me because I'm flawed, because I've been divorced, just throw those thoughts out the window because we all have these tapes in our head. I just say, why would I turn that around? I'm like, why wouldn't they want to go out with me? <laughs> They'd be yeah, stupid no. not to. You know, I fine. mean, I love the confidence, but not, I love the confidence, but not everybody is going to have that confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where that sort of getting ready to, to date really comes into play where it's, it's not just like, I think it's, I think it's the whole thing. Like yes. it's kind of taking a, just a body scan of everything. Like mm -hmm. how, how are you feeling about yourself in, you know, up here and how are you feeling about yourself here? And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, being able to sort of forgive yourself for whatever past that you had about bad relationships or whatever you might've been burned, whatever the case may be. Um, but it is really sort of getting ready. And I think that's even like, when we in my Encore Life Academy groups, we don't just say, oh, we're going to like a lot of it is figuring out your next what's next. So most of it is what's next in terms of your career or what, what you could be doing in your 50s to, you know, stimulate some sort of side income or side hustle or whatever. But we first mm -hmm. go through like, what are you good at? And it's sort of that build up of what are you good at? What do you, what are you, what's your purpose? What's your, your, your vision for yourself? And I think those are the same things as what you're saying too, is you can't start something new until you're good with how it is today and how it was yesterday mm -hmm. and getting through that and then moving forward into developing some ideas or testing the market, you know, as you're, you're saying, getting on some dating sites, talking to a coach, talking to a therapist, all that readiness then leads into sort of better results at the end because you just mm -hmm. didn't shoot from the hip and say, okay, well, you know what? 
you're, you're, you're sitting out one night with your girlfriends, having coffee, drinks, whatever. And they're like, you know, you should get out dating. I've got somebody for you. And all of that is great. And those are wonderful. Or, or even I've, I've even had a girlfriend once um, make me a dating profile without me even knowing. And then she's like, hey, okay, so I got this dating profile for you now. And listen, we're going to find you a really great guy. And, 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 you know, in all honesty, these are, these are my friends, right? They're, they're, they, all they want for you is to be with somebody or to, to be happy. Um, Mm -hmm. And they want the best for you, you know, and they, they see maybe potential or whatever, and you're not with anybody and, you know, whatever. But I think, I think first it's like being happy with yourself yes. and then and only then can you really kind of get out there into the world and do anything that you you want not beyond just dating. So what what are, what would you say for me like the top sort of like when you say you know is it how would you know I would need a therapist let's say because you you did mention that earlier um mm-hmm. you might need to get a therapist so it's how do I engage with you in terms of starting the coaching process? And when would you sort of say to me, okay, you maybe have some past issues that you might want to work through, but that's not to say you're not, you can't get into the dating game, but I think it's just sort of bringing more awareness or something. But Yes. You know, Lynette, I think it depends upon the severity of the challenge that you're going through. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm going to try to really um, compress um, one client that I have that um, she started with very severe childhood trauma. And throughout her life, she has been trying to find uh, a male figure to fill that void in that trauma that she had. And it's a consistent challenge that she has, which is something I, I can't fix. I can't fix that. I can't help her fix that. That, that is something that really needs to work at a very different level of expertise. Um, but the, the majority of us, yeah, you know, we, after, after a divorce, we're feeling either on top of the world or we're angry or we're bitter or we're feeling damaged that mm, maybe no one else will like me. We have that fear, you know, that, that gosh, what is someone going to see in me? And if we take inventory of who we are, and this is not being um, this, this Pollyanna positivity, if we take inventory of what we offer other people, more importantly, what we offer ourselves, I think we can come up with a pretty long list of the wonderful things that we are. And those are the things that we can lead with in the dating pool, in the dating game. You know, um, but but I do think that some, some mental health issues are are things that a dating coach really can't help with, and and we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be saying that we can help with that. You know that that needs to be addressed with really truly a professional to to help you get past that. Yeah, I can get people out of there. Yeah, I love all of that. Yeah, I mean, I had yeah. a client. Yeah. Who, you know, she would, she wanted to, she thought the only way that she could get a man was to, on the first date, have sex. And, oh yeah, you know, that got her nowhere. It would, And it was a repetitive cycle. And I said, here's, we're going to try something different this time. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. 
I know it's going to be sticky and uncomfortable for you and very unfamiliar, but I want you to wait. And she, by the third day, she's like, I don't even want to sleep with this man. I don't like it. Right. It was was tuning in from, not from the exterior of what, how does this person feel about me? It's turning it into, how do I feel about this person in front of me? Are they a good fit for me? Do they add value to my life? Do they bring something in my life that's missing? You know, I want people to get to the point that they're so happy with themselves that they may not even want to date, you know, that they're just really comfortable. Like you said, they, they're comfortable. They're confident in themselves. And yeah. This is, and I think this is icing on the cake. I call it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, whether, however it might have happened, but I think there's many times when we are in our early teens and 20s, we are given this sort of stereotypical, you know, you have to have men that like you, that are chasing you, you want to have a boyfriend. And, you know, even my daughter, I always would try to encourage her to just focus first on you, focus for, it's easy to say that kind of stuff. And it's hard for them to, or even like, even to myself, like it's hard to say, you know, just be happy with, with what you're doing, get busy, be busy and work on you and work on your stuff, go through your wardrobe and throw out that stuff that, you know, you think you're, you're going to wear, but you're never going to wear um, the stuff that you haven't worn in, you know, 10 years or even a year. It's time to, to sort of give yourself a refresh, go to the go to the beauty counter and, and get a, get, get your makeup done and, or whatever, like just anything to sort of give yourself a refresh to start feeling better just about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, get on your path and get busy and start doing the things that you want to do um, and create the life that you want for yourself. And then I think that's when that right person does eventually show um, Mm-hmm. Sort of to your point about the universe kind of bringing bringing it into into your path kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna stop I, there because now oh, go I ahead. Gonna, I was gonna say one thing, which is I think it's okay for us to sit with ourselves too. That it's okay yeah. to not always be busy, and this is something I struggle with: is for me to just sit and sit with my feelings and kind of deep dive into why am I feeling this way? Where is it coming from? It doesn't need the time. The space doesn't always need to be filled. It can be filled with reflection and self-work. So that's, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, no. And thank you for that because that, that is exactly it's what is it like your, your health, your fitness, all of that um, brings much more energy and positivity on an outward basis. I know that, even just the past year and a half, I've just been living life on my terms for me. Finally, I've raised two kids full time for 18 years. I was a mom hustler for that long. And now, you know, people will tell me like, oh my God, girl, you're glowing. And I'm like, I don't even know what it is other than I've just literally focused on just me over this past year and a half. And it's been an amazing experience. And but now it's kind of like, okay, well, maybe I wouldn't mind kind of opening up my world a little bit to the right person. I mean, right. I have had some very um, wrong people uh, in my path over the past, uh, you know, 10 years, even even the past year. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's getting ready and getting myself ready. And and to your point, you know, 
what are my values? What am I looking for? Uh, that's important to me and that, that mm -hmm. person. So I'm going to end it here because we're going to get into some of the fun nitty gritty stuff about dating and all. I want to hear tons of stories. And so we're going to, yes. I'm going to talk to you next week. Um, we will get into sort of, all right, now I'm ready. I, you know, I'm, I'm physically, emotionally, all that kind of stuff ready. And now I've hit the get, getting started button and I'm sure we're going to come up with some pretty wild stories. I mean, I got questions already, already. Like how do you even sift through half of these uh, left, right swipes and all that kind of stuff? And how do you know, right? And because everything, I mean, these dating apps can tend to be a little bit uh, visual first, right? So, you know, and I know you're going to say that's not always the physical attraction always isn't the thing. So, but anyway, <laughs> No, no, that's I, where I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, I, I think you know some of these pictures. I, I'm just. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, like let's put it this way: if you're holding a fish in your photo, uh, you're getting the the no, not interested. <laughs> well, but, you know, I'm sorry. There's a theory behind that, and the guy is saying I can provide for you. So you know what? Okay, well maybe I just, maybe you'll change my mind. <laughs> You won't starve. I can provide. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's a positive way. That's a different way yeah. of thinking of it. Okay. Laurie, thank you so much. I, I love your story. Uh, you're a strong, amazing woman. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, everybody that's listening is gleaning some sort of message for, I know for myself, it's just keep going and find that inner self, that peace and that the stuff that makes you happy. Um, and you really don't need anybody other than your community and your friends and um, when you're happy yourself. So, so thank yeah. you, Lori. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Lynette. Where, yes. Tell me, uh, tell just uh, your social, where, where can, where can uh, the people listening uh, get a hold of you? Yes. Yeah, so my website is smartfunnysingle.com. You can find me on Instagram under smartfunnysingle.com. You can find me on Facebook. Awesome. Uh, no, I'm sorry. There's no .com on Instagram. Um, on Facebook yeah. under smartfunnysingle. And um, I get a lot of business from LinkedIn, actually. So my name is okay. Lori Mendelson. So you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and hit me up there. Okay. That's wonderful. All right, Lori, looking forward to part two next week. Uh, in the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and we will chat with you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>